This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Good afternoon, Brian Edwards. For those listening or watching, no relation. <laughs> we are, uh, we've become acquainted through the podcast and through uh, social media, and it's, uh, it's a real honor to have you on, this, on the podcast and contributing to this project. Uh, Brian is a jiu-jitsu, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. You are a multiple-time Masters world champion and Pan Am champion at the Masters level. You can see those medals right behind you. <laughs> you are a uh, live from South Carolina. Yes, Florida, and you South are a, uh, an insurance agent with State Farm. Correct. Yes. Excellent. So we have on our hands a true black belt martial artist and competitor, and also someone who is a, a successful business person. And from your social media, uh, a family man living with six women. <laughs> That's exactly Five daughters right. and a wife. Absolutely, man. They're my pride and joy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Brian, tell me, uh, tell me about your business career, how you got started in jujitsu, anything you think, uh, anything you think we should know. Okay, so um, as far as jujitsu goes, I'm your typical guy that was watching MMA and getting interested in MMA. I was in my early 30s at the time. I'm in my mid to upper 40s now, and um, just saw how effective jujitsu was. Wanted to give it a try. I live in a fairly small town in South Carolina. Nothing was available here in Florence at the time, so I drove to Myrtle Beach about two hours each way to take private lessons with a black belt there, a Helson Gracie black belt, Shane Briggs. And did that for about a year, um, got some excellent training under him. And then my professor moved from Dallas, Texas to Florence and opened up Swamp Fox Jiu-Jitsu, which I'm now the current owner of. So we're fortunate to have a local academy now, and uh, it's been around now for almost 13 years, a little over 12 years. And wow. um, I ended up buying it from our my professor, Tim, about four years ago so um that's fantastic it's, uh, it's been great man thank you oh wow i i, I didn't realize that I, I found my way in in getting preparing for this podcast onto the swamp fox website but i didn't see that it said that uh that you were the head instructor and owner that's really great thank you man it's you know it's a passion it's one of the things i wanted to, to get involved in and owning a couple other businesses i thought hey man you know it's my passion it's what i want to do jump in head first and uh man I've, I've never regretted it it's so much fun enjoying it that's great um what other businesses do you own uh like you said state farm insurance um i have a state farm insurance agency that i have been doing since 2003 so uh, almost 18 years in the insurance and financial service industry and then a real estate holding company brian scott properties i have a, a partner that we've done some real estate transactions with um uh, since 2006. So that's uh, a swap box, the real estate, and then also um, State Farm. That's really awesome. Uh, it's in, in capacity as a real estate, is that as an investor or as a broker? Just as an investor. Um, and, and it's one of those things where, unfortunately, we had to learn the hard way. Um, when we when I opened when we started Brian Scott Properties, this was in 2006. So you quickly realize where I'm going here, what happened in 07, 08, 09 with the real estate market. So uh, and we're not near, yeah, exactly. We're not nearly as active in it as we once were. And, uh, but at the same time, we learned a lot, man. We really did. Learned a lot about business, learned a lot about real estate investing, 
And um, sometimes the market doesn't always dictate that uh, it could be really beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of my motivations for starting this project and writing this book, Business Jiu-Jitsu, uh, came from all the guys that I roll with on the mat that would come to me with a business idea or that they had some kind of job and they wanted to branch out and me giving business advice over the years. And um, real estate is always a hot topic. You know, people, the, the home flipping or buying a, a little twoplex or, or fourplex. And yesterday off the podcast, a young man reached out to me uh, with similar questions. You know, he, he, he saved up some money and he's got a full-time job and he now he wants to take that risk and, and make an investment property. And that was my advice to him. I said, did you expect to be a white belt and step on the mat and instantly become a black belt? I said, you're going to have to take your licking over many, many years and make tons of mistakes before you, you really figure it out. So anybody listening to this who's interested in real estate and asking me if they should you know, go ahead and take the leap, I always say go for it. But if you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner, just recognize that you are not going to be an expert immediately. And there's a lot to learn. That's a great illustration, man. It really is. Because if you've been doing jujitsu for any amount of time, you know, you've taken your licks, like you said, and um, you start getting into entrepreneurship and you start getting involved in real estate or any type of investing, you're going to take some licks. You stay in there long enough. You will no doubt about it. Yeah, that is. Uh, so um, as your capacity is an insurance agent, what, what do you specialize in? You know, we've done a lot um, through State Farm over the past, like I said, 17, 18 years. And uh, originally I got involved in it from a financial services standpoint. I studied to be a certified financial planner, passed the CFP board exam, and really wanted to get involved in financial planning. State Farm started going that route with mutual funds, with securities. And then mm -hmm. within the past several years, uh, insurance and financial services, not to get too technical, got a little bit split um, as far as regulation goes. And so now with State Farm, we do less from a financial services standpoint and more from an insurance standpoint. So we still do a little bit from a retirement education planning standpoint, but mostly just property and casualty insurance, life and health insurance. Another bit, a bit of advice, maybe this is something you could talk about uh, and, and promote your services a little, is that how important it is to get life insurance at a young age. People think, oh, life insurance. I don't need life insurance until I'm, I'm going to die. But uh, one of the things that I learned very, very early on, I was, I was very fortunate to be tutored. And I made life insurance a part of my portfolio right when I came out of college. And it was so cheap. And I was able to get so much at such a low rate that now at uh, 35 years old, almost 36, I, I have a really nice amount of health insurance with a, with a big uh, cash equivalent. So maybe talk about that a little, because I think it's an overlooked part of the portfolio, you know, a little bit risk adverse, but, but an important part if you can afford it. It really is, Jordan. I'm glad you brought it up. It, um, there's nothing sexy about life insurance. It's not fun. It's not like you know, day trading or making investments, you know, in, in the market. But like you said, it's extremely important. Um, it's, you know, you don't think about it when you're in your 20s and you're not married and you don't have kids and you don't have all these liabilities or you don't have dependents. But when you're my age or you get in your 30s and, you know, you start thinking about it, then it's gotten more expensive than it was when it was in your 20s, when you were in your 20s. Not only that, if, but if you have any health issues, you may not qualify anymore. And, um, you know, like myself, I've got five daughters. I've got a wife that, that stays at home and takes care of them. 
And if something were to happen to me, I mean, without life insurance, they would be in a really tough situation. And so I think it's prudent as a father, as a business owner, and as a provider that I have it. Yeah. It's, a, it's also a really good lesson and an easy lesson to illustrate in compounding interest for young people to understand. And I've advised young people and are like, well, I have student debt and I want to buy stocks and I want to do this investment. And I said, the earlier you start in uh, accruing life insurance, it's just, a, it's just one of the building blocks that's really important to have because you know, you're 22 years old, but then all of a sudden you get married and all of a sudden you have kids and that small investment, which you could have started just a couple bucks a month, you know, 25, 30, 40, hundred bucks a month, it builds so fast. And now here I am, I think, let's see, I, I must have bought my life in first life insurance policy when I was about 22 or 23. And now I have tons of life insurance and I have a, a two-year-old son and one on the way. And, uh, and I've built up so much momentum and it's crazy how the years go by. So I, I just, I thought that that would be an interesting thing to talk about because as someone who, who sells life insurance, it's sometimes hard for the people who are selling it and pitching it to young people than it is when you have someone like me. I have no stake in the game other than I did it. And so I always advise them to make it a part of the portfolio. It's a building block in the foundation. Yeah. And, you know, it gets a bad rap. It really does. Life insurance gets a bad rap. You mentioned the words life insurance and people are like, no, you know, I don't want to talk to the life insurance salesman guy. Yeah. But it really does. But, you know, you bring up a great example about the cash value. Much like you, I, I bought several policies in my 20s, and it's been over, gosh, 20 years ago since I bought some of these policies. I look at the cash value in them now, I look back and think, I wish I'd have bought 10 times the amount that I bought because of what it's done over the last 20 years. Like I said, not sexy. You're not earning some great interest rate on it. You're not you know, beating the market or anything, but you've got that consistent growth over time while you have coverage for your dependents as well. Yeah, it's really great. And just to clarify, so but we're talking about uh, whole life insurance has a cash value. But what you can do is, I, what I did was I bought a little bit of whole and a lot of term that can convert. And um, and it's just a really, it's, listen, I'm 35 and I love seeing that cash value. It's just a beautiful thing that it's built up over all these years. And no, it's not as sexy as my stock portfolio. It's not as risky as some Bitcoin that I bought. And it's not as topical. No one's ever called me about, they always want to know about house flipping or property investing or how do I do it? But, you know, for the purposes of having a discussion with you, who's, who's in the business, I, I really would uh, tell every single young person to look at buying some uh, convertible term at, at the very, very least. It's a, it's a really conservative uh, investment for you. It is. And I completely agree. And anybody who's watching Jordan and I did not have this conversation ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am passionate about it. And there's not a single day that goes by that I'm not coaching or speaking with a young future entrepreneur or business person that comes to me, especially off this podcast. People have been uh, reaching out to me so often asking me these questions and they want to know about, you know, the advanced uh, Ashigarami, as, uh, as John Donahar put it, but they don't want to know about the building blocks. And, you know, when I spoke to John, uh, yeah. he said, Nobody ever asked me about the language of my program. They want to know how, how to do a heel hook. So yes. I would say that, you know, the conversation we're having right now is kind of the fundamental aspect of getting to building wealth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I love how the illustration you keep going back and forth to jujitsu. I'm reading a couple of different books on investing right now, and it, they're really applicable to the times because of what's going on in the market. 
with all, you know, seems eerily similar to back in 1999 and 2000. And you got to learn how to shrimp and you got to learn how to oopa and you got to learn how to escape side mount. You got to learn how to, you know, posture and guard before you ever start talking about, you know, the heel hooks or you got to talk about a tornado sweep or anything like that. So, you know, the, the illustrations are great because you can study that stuff all the time. But if you don't have your basics down and you don't have your fundamentals down, all you're going to end up doing is getting hurt more ways than one. Yeah. I, and that, and that is one of the things that I'm going to illustrate in this book and hope to connect to people on. And life insurance is one of the things that I will touch on as part of building a portfolio and, and, uh, and being insured generally and just having a good understanding. One of the things I also advise people uh, normally is, you know, your lawyer, your accountant, your insurance agent, these are people that you should look at as tools in your toolkit. You know, there are people that you need to make sure that they are great, honorable, ethical people that when you make a phone call, they're there for you. And, you know, my insurance agent, so many times in business, unfortunately, when you're in the real estate business like I am, and when you have hundreds of employees in my clothing business, you're going to get sued. Just a fact. It's an unfortunate fact of life of doing business in 2021 that you get sued. And whether it's a slip and fall in a parking lot of a, an apartment building or it's an employment issue, you need to make sure that you're insured properly. And if you don't have an insurance agent who's going to give it to you straight and say, you need to be insured properly, and this is the type of insurance that's available, you're going to learn a very expensive lesson. Well said. You know, that, that, like you said, that goes for your accountant, that goes for your attorney, that goes for your financial planner, your insurance agent. I mean, across the board, I couldn't agree more. And like yeah. you said, I've, I, unfortunately, I've learned the hard way in many of those cases. Yeah. Yesterday, when I was talking to that young man and he was asking me about making his first real estate investment, we were talking about cash flow. And I was giving him a, an introduction to depreciation and why making an investment in real estate, even if it didn't have enough cash for this elusive passive income that everybody always wants to talk about. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody's searching for the passive income so that they could stop working and just collect these checks. <laughs> and so I told him, yeah, maybe in a decade from now, after your prop, after you've paid down a ton of principal on your property and maybe you've refinanced it, maybe it'll throw off some income for you. But the reason, a better reason to look to invest in real estate right now is, you know, the depreciation and sheltering income and paying down that mortgage every single month. That's probably a more realistic uh, goal for you. And I said, you need to talk to your accountant about this. And he said, I don't have an accountant. And I said, well, then before you start to invest in real estate, uh, you need to go develop a, a great relationship with, uh, with an accountant or someone like Brian here, who is a you know, great insurance agent. And these really are, that was one of the things I was excited to talk to you about today is people like yourself, these are the tools of the toolkit of the businessman. You know, you need to have great relationships with people and the jujitsu mat is the perfect place to build these relationships. You know, Brian, in your academy, you probably have people that come from a wide range of backgrounds. And, and the person that you sweat with and that you train with, you're going to know what kind of person they are. Are they spa, you know, spazzy? Are they, uh, are, they, do they, are they reliable? Do they constantly come? You can't hide on the mat. And so I advise some of the guys that I work with or are trained with, it's a great place to start building your network. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And like you said, I mean, people from all walks of life, 
We've got accountants in there. We've got financial planners. We have other insurance agents. We have car salesmen. I mean, we have you know stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads. We've got students, everybody. And it's it's interesting how quickly someone can say, hey, Brian, do you know a great accountant or do you know a good attorney for real estate? And I can pull somebody up right out of our academy and say, yes, not only do I know them well, I train with them, and I know they're a stand-up person as well. Yeah. So yeah, the, the jujitsu mat and being part of an academy is, is a great place for people to begin to network. And um, one of the things I also have been hearing a lot lately is I don't know how to network. And I said, the fact that you and I are talking right now means that you do know how to network. You're just not aware of it yet. As we were talking about life insurance, you brought up your family and I thought it was worth bringing up. I'm gonna just gonna share my screen for a second if you don't mind. You are the jujitsu dad. Yes. And you have, uh, a beautiful family, five daughters and a wife. But you are, you, there's no doubt that you are a manly physical specimen, a dude. What's it like, <laughs> you know, what's it like being a girl dad? You know, every time when we, we, to go back a little bit, um, our first daughter was stillborn uh, 16 years ago. And mm -hmm. after that happened, you know, it was one of those, reality checks where I just said, I just want a child. I want a healthy child. I didn't care if it was male or female. You know, we were really scared going forward with our pregnancies. And so after that, you know, not only one daughter, but two, three, four, and five. And with each one of them, um, of course, I, there was a piece of me inside that wanted a boy. Just like if you had boys, you know, you probably end up with a girl sooner or later. But after about my third daughter was born, I realized that I was a girl dad and I could just, I could tell it was what I was meant to be. It was what I was meant to do. It, I, it's yeah. where I felt at home. And now um, I've got a six-year-old, I've got an eight-year-old, I've got a 10-year-old, almost 11 this week, 13 and a 15. And I don't know what I would do with a boy. And I'm sure a, a, a boy dad would end up saying the same thing about a girl. But we do volleyball, we do dance, we do cheer, and we do jujitsu. And if I was ended up going to the baseball field or the football field, um, we would be split going in many more directions than we're already going in. But uh, yeah. man, they're, they're awesome. They're all different. They all, you know, they've all trained or trained jujitsu. Um, they love it. Even my wife does as well. She's off the mat right now. But um, so, man, I love being a girl dad. I wouldn't have any other way. Uh, I'm excited to come home every day. How does it, you know, being a family man like that play into, you know, the jujitsu principles and, the, and what you learn in martial arts and bringing that to your daughters and even your wife, like you said, is, has trained over the years? You know, it's really interesting. My wife sometimes will, will look at me and say, hey, Brian, you need to go choke somebody. You need to go to the academy. Like <laughs> she knows how beneficial it is for me. Um, yeah. not only for something I enjoy, but also as a release, she knows that jujitsu makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father. It makes me a better friend. It makes me more patient. Uh, there's so many benefits to it that you don't realize until you start to train. You know, I yeah. can go, I can go and train on our comp class on Sunday and just you know, get the crap beat out of me, come home, end up painting my daughter's toenails and playing Barbie on the floor afterwards, you know? And so that's not something that every dude can do. And on, under normal circumstances, that's not something that I'm really comfortable with. But after yeah. an hour and a half, two hours of jujitsu, it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> it is pretty interesting. I, my, one of my companies is a women's fashion company. 
And really? I have no background in women's fashion. I, as a matter of fact, it's like you turn left one day and you just, that's what you're doing. You know, it's as, almost as much control as you had over having daughters is as much control as I had over uh, building this business. Yeah. My father and I are running a real estate portfolio. He made a small passive investment back in 2009 to, to help a, a struggling business. And one day I'm helping run it. And then all of a sudden I'm the CEO of a company with uh, 12 stores and 225 women underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like, oh, well, did you study fashion? Do you know much about fashion? I said, well, everything I know, I kind of learned on the job and dealing with women on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I'm lucky that I have my sister in the business to deal with all of the actual fashion. Uh, but it, it turns out that running a retail business and running a fashion business are very similar because you're opening up stores, you're building out stores, you're negotiating leases. And as a landlord, my primary, you know, one of my primary roles being a commercial landlord, now I'm just on the other side of the, of the coin. So kind of worked out well together, but working alongside all those women, I, I somewhat in solidarity with you, looking at your Instagram account and just seeing the way that you're interacting with your daughters in that beautiful way, I can just kind of relate. Oh, thank you, man. It's probably the number one reason why I became an entrepreneur and the number one reason why I wanted to be, you know, my own boss and, and a business owner was to have the flexibility to be able to spend time with them, to do the things with them as I got older and as they got older. And so I would tell, you know, anybody, you want to be a family man, you want to be a family woman, um, being able to pursue a business career that allows you to have that flexibility is paramount. It really is. If I had to start all over today, I wouldn't do anything different from a career standpoint. That's phenomenal. How did you meet your wife? We met in college. I was at the Citadel. I played football at the Citadel uh, many, many moons ago, almost 25 years ago. And uh, <laughs> actually, it was 25 years. And she was um, she was at the College of Charleston. She was on the dance team at College of Charleston. We ran in the same crowd. We were friends for years. And then finally, we just ended up uh, going to, uh, with a group to a uh, mixer one night. She had a sorority mixer that was with my uh, with the Citadel. And uh, man, I kissed her goodnight that night and uh, never looked back. That was the last girl I ever kissed. So we've been together for and some capacity for over 25 years. Wow, that's 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 phenomenal. It's funny you brought up yeah. the next question I was going to ask is you must have played some kind of sports growing yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah, I played I played football all my life, and then at the Citadel, I, I walked on the football team. I wasn't a scholarship athlete or anything like that. I was a scrub, I played scout team, and then ended up my uh, junior and senior year playing rugby. So always was involved in some kind of contact sport and um, love it. I wish I could still play football, but the body doesn't hold up like it uh, did 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Football is, a, is another great metaphor for life and business. There's so much strategy and teamwork. And I, you know, with uh, Tom Brady pulling off this incredible seven Super Bowl wins of this, you know, past last month or you know, a couple weeks ago, just there's, there's so many great lessons on the football field. Do you see any parallels with jujitsu? I do. And I would say one of the first things that pops into my head immediately is, you know, football is, is extremely hard. If it wasn't, there'd be a lot more people playing football. Jiu-jitsu is extremely hard. If it wasn't, the mats would be full all the time. And life is freaking hard, too. You know, I mean, it's constantly throwing things at you. The more you become an adult, the older you get, 
the tougher you see, you know, you see how life is and the more humble you become. And I think that those parallels go the same way with jujitsu and with football. Um, and especially jujitsu, because it's something that I can hopefully be able to do for the rest of my life. As soon as you think you're great, as soon as you win a world championship, as soon as you win a Pan Am championship and you go up to the next level and you end up getting your tail kicked. I mean, there's always somebody better. There's always somebody faster, stronger, with more experience. And that is a great metaphor for life as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, those master's divisions that you've been competing in, and there's no joke. I mean, the guys that are in there, the world champions, pro fighters, I mean, it's, it's, it's no joke. So it's, uh, you're still competing at a very, very, very high level. I mean, extremely. Yeah, it's, I look at the uh, divisions nowadays, and it's kind of like I, I kind of cringe when I look at them. I mean, I've gone up against Solo. I've gone up against Jeff Munson. I've gone up against Babalu. I've gone up against Roberto Godoy. I mean, you, there's so many different guys that have been former UFC fighters, multiple-time world champions. These guys were, you know, are, are, are my heroes, and they're in my division now. And so it's, it's <laughs> wild. It's wild. There's no free rides, man. I, I'm so impressed with that. I mean, I can't tell you how how beautiful that is to be able to go compete against these guys, these legends, you know. And I've yeah. I've watched these the, the Masters tournaments, and wow, I mean, to be able to compete at that high level as you get older, it's it's fantastic. You know, I didn't think that after I stopped playing college sports, I I um, I played uh, college lacrosse for two years, oh, and wow. I skied for my and I skied for my school for two years. It was both at the club level, but it was at like it was very competitive club level. When I was a high school skier, when I, my senior, uh, ski racing senior year, I was top 25 in, in the division. Oh, wow. When I went to college, I went from skiing 70 and 80 day seasons so on the mountain every day to basically only skiing on the weekends. And boy, do you lose all, every <laughs> single bit of athleticism and technique that you had if you're not doing it every single day. So I only wow. made it to my sophomore year. In my sophomore year ski racing, I went from, we had 12 races and I only completed three. Every other time I either wiped out or almost killed myself, like you know, <laughs> taking massive, massive spills. And it was uh, two years after that, that I found jujitsu. Like when I, after I graduated college and I needed something to do, I needed to stay competitive. And uh, in 2009, I found jujitsu and it ultimately, it shook my whole entire world and changed my life. And it's just it's the it's the best thing that I've ever done uh, for myself, for my career, for my life, for happiness. When I don't do jujitsu, like you said, your wife knows when you need to go do it. Yeah, my wife knows when I need to go and and train. Yeah, it really does. I mean, we hear it so much. You know, being in the in the jujitsu world, you know how jujitsu does change your life, or how you couldn't live without jujitsu. But I tell anybody who's on the fence. Just give it a shot and, you know, be careful. You know, if you're older, you know, definitely listen to your body, but get out there, give it a shot and see what it can do for your life. Not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, what it can do for your marriage, what it can do for you from a business standpoint. Like you said, as a business owner, as a leader, every aspect of your life, I think, can be enhanced from jujitsu. I know it has for me and I've seen it with hundreds, if not thousands of other people as well. Yeah, so true. Are there any jujitsu principles when you're in the course of teaching at Swamp Fox that you like to bring on the mat that 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 equally apply? You know, 
Yes, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big guy when it comes to basics and fundamentals. Um, the older I get, uh, the more time on the mat, the more time competing, the more I realize how important the basics are and how important the fundamentals are. You cannot get past a certain level without having extremely strong basics, extremely strong fundamentals. And one of my favorite authors, Jim Rohn, said, there are no new fundamentals. You know, basically be wary if somebody comes to you and says, I've got a new fundamental because the fundamentals aren't going to ever change. They're our foundation. So earlier we were talking about investing. You know, there are no new fundamentals when it comes to investing. There are no new basics. We know what the fundamentals are. Now, things have changed and markets change and economies change and you know, things that we're dealing with right now with liquidity and with the Fed pouring money into the market. All those variables change, but the fundamentals are still the same. And I would say the same thing goes for relationships. Fundamentally, what's the most important thing? Respect love, integrity, trust, all those basic fundamentals come before anything else. Beautifully said. I, I completely agree. It's, um, it's not the answer that beginners like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's not sexy. It's like we talked about it. <laughs> but it's, uh, it is so, it has impacted my life in ways that I, that I never could have imagined. And when I was in college and I took accounting, the first time because the, I had to drop the class because I was going to fail. And that's a true story. <laughs> Ditto, but, I did as well. <laughs> when I, and it was an 8 a.m. class my sophomore year. I said, I'm going to take an 8 a.m. class. I'm going to wake up early every day. I'm going to smoke this semester. <laughs> I ended up having too much fun. I so when I ended up passing accounting and I began my career, it was just words on a page. I didn't, I didn't get anything from it. But uh, in 2017, I went to a program at the Harvard Business School online, and I took a, a program that they offered called CORE. It's three classes over a few months, 180 hours, and I retook accounting at Harvard. And it was the most rewarding experience of my life because I had a decade of business experience to filter through. It was all the same things I learned in college, except I, I didn't get it then. And then after 10 years of experience already being the CEO of a company with hundreds of people working for me, I felt like I had to go back and, and do it for them and for myself because I had holes. I had holes in my game. You know, I had holes in my business game. And after I took those courses at Harvard, and by the way, I've taken many other courses and fundamental courses, you just have to keep going back and studying those fundamentals. And I, and I turned out, I went from hating accounting in college and not getting it to loving accounting because I was doing it every day at my business. And so yeah. business fundamentals are as important as showing up um, and drilling and, and, and making sure that you really take every aspect of the fundamental part of jujitsu seriously. You know, yeah. I saw on your Instagram account that you've been putting up books that you love. Yeah. And I think that reading is as fundamental as it gets. Yeah. One of the books that you put up is one that I have been devouring lately, and that's The 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene. Yes. This book is, is earth shattering, but I don't think, I do think that it kind of goes a little bit past what we dis are discussing about fundamentals. I think that it's a little advanced, honestly. It is. What are, what are your reflections on this book? Well, you know, I made a goal this year and I said, I'm going to read one book a week. 
And so admittedly, sometimes I'll pick a shorter book or I'll pick a book that, you know, may not, it'll be more of a 30,000 foot book instead of being a very detailed book or, you know, a book that's down here at, at, at sea level. Um, uh, 33 Strategies became recommended to me from several other guys in the jiu-jitsu community. And they said, man, this is like my Bible for life. You've got to check it out. So I grabbed it. I read it. And I didn't want to put it down. And immediately I thought, oh, no, I've committed to read another 48 books for the rest of the year. I could spend the whole year on this book. And so basically, man, Jordan, I put it aside. I haven't gone back to it yet, but I cannot wait to. I'm going to pick 12 from this year. And next yeah. year I'm going to do, do one a month. And that's that's going to be January. Um, and and I, I, I can't wait to. I can't wait to delve deeper into it. It is very detailed. It's intense. And there's there's a few of those strategies in there that I think could be just paramount um, from a business standpoint, from a jujitsu standpoint. I mean, just life in general. Um, so I, I hate that I felt like I kind of skirted through it. And this happened with a couple of the other books too, where I thought a week's not enough time. It yeah, really isn't. Sure. This needs to be something I reference on a daily basis. So I'm excited to go back to it. Um, you know, admittedly, I did not get as deep as I'd like to in it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm the, I've been in the exact same boat dozens of times. I normally read at least one book a week, but like you, my, the, the normal business book, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek or a Ryan yeah. Holiday book, takes about eight hours to read in my experience. And you could read, you could pound through four or five books a month, like those small business books. But when you want to get through a book like, I'll just pull it out, Grant, which is like, <laughs> I mean, this is not a weak book. You know, this is my next yeah. book. It was recommended to me by a friend and a podcast guest here, Rich Byrne, who's the CEO of Benefit or president of Benefit Street Partners, $25 billion REIT. He's also the CEO of Kasai. And he asked me for the list of my favorite books. What wow. does that tell you about the CEO of an organ a massive organization? He was the former CEO of Deutsche Bank, one of the biggest banks in the world. He asked me for my book recommendations and, you know, I'm only on the path of my career. This is someone who's so successful, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under John Donahar. And, um, and, and then I asked him for his recommendations and, th and this was the first one, oh, but wow. I can't read this in a week. This is going to take me <laughs> at least a month, maybe two months to read. Sure. And like you, the first reading of 33 strategies of war, which was about three years ago, I listened to it on tape and I breezed through it too fast. It's just as thick as this book. And I have been reading it slowly over the past two months, and there's so much advanced strategy and tactics in there. And unfortunately, um, it's not the first book that I would recommend a beginner to read, but it is. The, it has so many answers in business strategy. And once you get to uh, the black belt level and you want to maximize the value of your business, um, there's been so many beautiful things in there. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I really can't. I'm looking forward to getting deeper with it. I almost wish I wouldn't have made the commitment to read one book a week just so I could jump <laughs> back on it. But I threw that out there to hold myself accountable because I know how quickly I'll get away from the books. I'll allow, I'll allow other things to distract me. But yeah. I don't have many regrets in life, Jordan. But one of my biggest regrets is not becoming an avid reader earlier in life. I, uh, I really, really wish I would have. This has been something that's really hit me within the last few years. Um, you know, ever since I've 
been a business owner, I've read and I've read a lot, but now it's, I don't turn on the TV, man. I don't, I mean, it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not doing jujitsu or hanging out with my kids or working, I'm reading. And, um, it's almost become a, like a good addiction. I get up at four o'clock in the morning, man. The first thing I do is read. If I'm in the car, I listen to an audio book. If, if I'm, you know, at lunch break, I'm listening to an audio book or reading and I don't say that to, to pat myself on the back or anything. I'm just saying from the standpoint of now, I realize how important it is. You, know, you mentioned CEOs, you know, list of books, you know, average CEO reads over 60 books a year. Uh, the right. average American, yeah, the average American reads less than one. And, and I've been that average before. And I feel like um, I got some catching up to do, man. <laughs> now I'm so happy that we're talking about this because um, it's almost as if beginners they don't believe you. They're like, you don't read that many books. Like, yeah. oh, you're not actually doing that. And it's like, oh no, actually we are, you know, yeah. it is the key. There's nothing else that you, you are not going to get to the level that you want unless you read. And yes. it's the same answer in jujitsu as mat time. If you do not come and train, you are not going to get good period. Yeah. End of story. And you are not going to become successful if you don't read. It's not, yes. it's, it's a fact. You have might have the best idea in the world. You might be get the luckiest SOB and, and somehow you buy Bitcoin at 3000 and, and now it's 50,000 and you got a million bucks in, in your bank account. But what are you going to do with that million bucks now? You know, you, you got lucky one time. If you don't have the fundamental understanding of how to reallocate those funds and invest properly, you're doomed. You're doomed to lose right. it. Just gambling. And so the answer is reading. And it's my number one bit of business advice for all young people. Um, I didn't start early either. I didn't start until my late 20s. And that was because of necessity. And this is a famous business story. I've told it many times. But when I started running Mixology, I had a lot of early success. It was the, it was the equivalent of gambling. I just used what I knew. I was scrappy. I was a little bit smarter than the average retailer. But... As soon as I had to start leading an organization, I, I was being exposed because I didn't have the answers to the questions. And I went and I met with this private equity guy. His name is Keith Miller. He's one of the most successful private equity guys in the whole industry. He's done deals like he was the money behind Supreme. He did the Gap in the Intermix deal. He did All Saints. Uh, his list of companies is in the multi, multi, multi billions. Wow. And we told him the story, my father and I. And he started asking me questions about retail. Said, Jordan, what's, for, what's the four wall margin? What's the inventory turnover? And I didn't have the answers to his questions. And he looked at me straight in the eyes. He said, Jordan, you're a nice kid. You got a good business, but you don't know enough about your business. Mm. And it shook my whole world. And I had two options. I could have walked out of that meeting and said, F you, you don't know what you're talking about. I saved right. my business. Or I, or I could learn. And I decided to learn. And I wrote down everything that he asked me that I didn't know the answers to. And I started calling my mentors and my business consultants. I said, what's four wall margin? What's inventory turnover ratio? Why do I have to know this? And, uh, and that set me on, a, that was around 2013, 2014. And that's what set me on my path of reading and learning. Yeah. And um, some people, they, they decide that they know more. And I decided that I didn't know anything. So. Well, you know, it's interesting you say it that way, Jordan, because every book I pick up, I'm like, man, I know nothing. <laughs> I, I, I know nothing. The more I read, of course, I'm educated. But then the more I realize how much I don't know, you know, and how much experience is out there. And, 
you know, I was talking to my oldest daughter the other day. We went and had breakfast, and I said, "Honey, you you got to learn from your mistakes." But let me tell you something even better than learning from your mistakes is learning from somebody else's mistakes. And I said, "You're not going to be able to do that without reading and without having mentors." And、um, man, it's so important. So. Yeah. So、uh, you mentioned Jim Rohn. Do you have any、uh, personal mentors who have helped coach you in your career or in jujitsu that are worth mentioning? Yeah, I do.、Um, from a jujitsu standpoint, man, I gosh, I hesitate to name anybody because I'm afraid that I'll I'll、uh, I'll miss somebody. But my my professor Tim Jones. Not many people have heard of Tim, but Tim is 140 pounds soaking wet. He's a black belt under Raymond Kilgore, who's a black belt under Carlos Machado. And Tim came from he was he's from this area of South Carolina, but he moved to Texas as a law enforcement officer and came back after he retired and started Swamp Fox. Jiu-Jitsu, and I purchased Swamp Fox from him. But I remember walking into the academy the first day, and I was at that time I was much bigger. I was probably two hundred and forty pounds, and and I saw this little guy walk up to me with a black belt on, and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna kill this poor little guy. And he beat my rear for months and years on end. And I thought, If this guy can do this to me, then I've got to really learn this art. I've got to get really good at it. You know. And he taught me so much about jujitsu and just about being a a, a very patient guy, very patient with my jujitsu. But at the same time, he was the guy that instilled the fundamentals in me, and I think that have allowed me to be successful in jujitsu.、Um, also, at the brown belt level, I don't know if you you know Gibson Saw、um, Spartan Academy here in South Carolina. He's in Columbia, South Carolina. Multiple time adult world champion, Pan Am champion, great guy.、Um, And he helped me tremendously at my purple brown belt level. Taking some private lessons with him, working with him, and then man, I've got a group of of instructors at my academy. Our black belts, brown belts, and purple belts that help me so much. And I can't even name them all because I'll miss out on them. But we've got a rotating group of about nine or ten instructors that、uh, now、I、learn something new from them every day. I really do. I can go into their class, watch them teach as the head instructor. The highest-ranking individual in the school, and immediately think, "Oh gosh, kind of like picking up a book. I don't know anything. Here's my brown belt teaching me something, you know." And、wow. so,、um, yeah, several. And then from a business standpoint, I've got several that have worked directly for State Farm. Some that have even retired.、Um, some in the financial in,、uh, services industry that have helped me in the past. And you know, funny you mentioned mentors. I've got one of Tim Ferriss's book, "Drive Mentors," here, and I love it's it. It's one of those. Yes,、yeah, one of those big thick ones. It's not as thick as Grant or Thirty Three Strategies, but it's one I love, and I kind of I feel like in anything you kind of have to build a board of advisors or you have to build a board of directors to help you out and guide you, and、uh, just as much as in business as in jujitsu. That's right. That that book specifically is、uh, it's not a single read; it's a daily.、Yeah. Read. That's a keep on your desk. Flip through, read two pages, read three pages, and you just do it every day and. And you have the best and brightest minds in the world, and they're there to help you. If you all you have to do is crack the page. Yeah, that <clears throat> excuse me, that and tools of the titans, man. I'll flip back、yeah. and I'll say, all right, who was that? The Tim Ferriss interview that did you know did so and so, and go back and I'll look at it. I'm like, ah,、oh, yeah, great reference manuals. Yeah,、awesome. those those really are great books. Well, Brian, it's such a pleasure to、uh, get to know you, and、uh, and, I, and I really enjoyed speaking with you. I hope we can keep this going. Uh, I'd love to have you as a featured guest on the podcast again, and、uh, maybe next time we can get a little bit more technical on on your industry and 
and insurance, and maybe there's something that you can add and, and help people uh, understand how to set up their insurance uh, for their first business. Oh man, anything I could do to help. It was a pleasure being on the podcast and uh, I'd love to pick your brain sometime, man. You've got a lot of experience and I'd like to, uh, to uh, get some of that as well. So looking forward to it, Jordan. That'd be great. Anytime, if I could be of service to you in any way, you just reach out to me. And uh, once again, just a pleasure to have you, Brian. Um, not exactly related by blood, but we're through the family of business. <laughs> That's right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jordan. I enjoy the podcast and look forward to uh, the future episodes. Thanks, Brian. See, talk to you soon. Bye. Take care, buddy.